Hi, everybody. Can you hear me? Um, uh, you can hear me, right? Oh, okay, great. Wonderful. I know some people are going to join late, but can we go ahead and do our round of hellos? If you could just unmute, say your name, and say where you are. Samantha in California. Hi, everybody. Gina in Woodland Hills, California. Hello, everyone. Lisa in San Diego, California. Hello, all. Awesome. Amy from Dayton, Ohio. Good to see you, everybody, again. Great. And we have Kamala from the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. Um, Dora, you want to say hi? Good morning, everybody. Dora, Southern California. Okay, Lisa, you want to say hi? Hello again, I'm from San Lisa. <laughs> Sophia? Hi, I'm in Bath, Maine. Good to see everybody and good to see you, Lisa. Michelle, you want to say hi? Yes, good morning. Um, I'm from Oregon. Awesome. Wonderful. And then we have Mary from Irvine. And um, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to see you. Well, um, welcome to our uh, Miracle Corner. So do you remember last week at our prayer meeting, we prayed for Wei Ti and she couldn't eat because she has COVID. On the day that we prayed for her, she was spontaneously able to eat. And remember in your prayers, all of you saw her eating something bland, like cilantro soup or something. Well, she went kind of ape crazy because she all of a sudden she could eat. So she, she ate a whole bunch of sushi and she was fine and she loved it. And then the very next day she couldn't eat at all and she hasn't been able to eat since. And here's the lesson. She can only eat when we pray for her. Otherwise, that girl's on her own. Okay, so now we are going to do our opening prayer and go ahead and close your eyes and don't cross your arms or your legs. Put your feet flat on the floor and then if you can, open your hands to receive grace and put them on your lap. And breathing in all the way to the top of your head. And exhaling slowly and controlled all the way out. And then breathing in all the way into the top of your head. And then breathing slowly and controlled all the way out. And throughout this prayer, you're automatically going to Breathe in fully and out fully, letting the flow of life flow through your body, through your breath, and imagining that there is a waterfall of sparkling white light falling down from heaven, cascading over your whole body and into the earth. And as you breathe, every cell of your body is absorbing the sparkling white light of the Holy Spirit. Just breathing in this white light. It's flowing through every joint of your body. It's infusing your head with the white light of the Holy Spirit and your mouth and your tongue. And your throat is absorbing the sparkling white light of the Holy Spirit. And your stomach and your hips, all down your legs and your knees, all the way down to your feet. And the sparkling white light of the Holy Spirit is flowing through you from your head 
down to your toes. In the room that you're in are all your guardian angels protecting your space and keeping it sacred. And only good things can happen here today in our Sunday service. And we are going to call in some spirit guides to help give us wisdom today. We're going to call in Jesus, the Christ, and Mother Mary, and Mother and Father God, Sri Bhagavan and Amma Bhagavan, and Yogananda, and Dr. Hansen, and the volcano goddess Pelehunonia, and Anastasia. And just breathing right now, think of your loved ones who are not present here. Maybe they're on a soccer field or on vacation. You can call their soul here today to join us in this service. Those who you want to hear the message today. And also think of your loved ones who have crossed over into the light, who are in heaven. You can also invite them here today to our Sunday service. Think of them one by one in the room that you're in. And thank them for coming. And also your pets who have crossed into the light are here. And now we're going to call in our future co-creative partners, people we haven't met yet, but who are aligned with our soul path, people you want to work with in business, in your career, people who you want to cross with in romance and in friendship, all of your co-creative abundance partners Go ahead and call their souls into today's Sunday service, into the room that you're in right now. Now see before you, Jesus is standing before you. And notice what he's wearing today. Hmm. Now in his pocket, he's got a book. It's the book of you. And it is a book with every prayer that you have ever uttered or written. That prayer from all the way since you were a little baby till now is in his book of you. And I want you to notice what the book looks like. He's going to take it out of his pocket and you're going to see what does the book look like? How many pages does it have? How, how thick is the book? And what material is it made of? Now Jesus is going to open the book to a random page. He's just going to open it up. When he opens it, there will be gold writing in the book. And I want you to notice which prayer it is that is glimmering in gold. As soon as he opens the book, here he goes. He's going to open it. You're going to see the prayer glimmering in gold. Which of your prayers is the one that glimmers in gold? I want you to look in Jesus's face and he's going to give you a message right now.
very good. Breathing in and out. Thank you to Jesus. Go ahead and let him mark the page. You can put a feather in there. You can put a little stamp, an ink stamp in there, a sticker. Go ahead and put something to mark that page and let Jesus close the book and put it back in his pocket. And may your prayer manifest in the flesh this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes and go ahead and write down in your journal what you saw in your prayer. Okay, great. So if anyone would like to share, you can go ahead and unmute and share what you saw. I know my mother had a bunch of wads of cash in her prayer book. <clears throat> go ahead and... And I'd like to welcome Jim, Doty, and Shifra. Shifra, it's so nice to see you. We prayed for you last week. How are you doing? Thank you. Well, in some ways, I'm... I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, my spirits are, are better and, uh, I'm home and I would, um, I would just like to be able to, um, not to be graphic, but just to be able to move my bowels and not be obstructed and have them, uh, flowing, just kind of emerge from, from this illness into something, into something much higher. Thank you. I, I really appreciate your prayers. Um, um, what came to me, and I really do, that was beautiful what you shared. I was a few minutes late. It was a lovely, lovely, lovely meditation. Um, I, something like all of my dreams, all of your dreams of beauty, health, justice, love, and peace are coming true and are being embodied in you as your highest, deepest, most loving self. So that all that, you know, like, Ever since I was a little girl, I was just always, you know, in love with the natural world and just always wanting, you know, a world of justice and, and peace and, you know, for everyone, whether and whatever your background was. I mean, I, I came from a, a very Orthodox Jewish background where you kind of very insular, insular kind of community. And I was always the kind of person that wanted to embrace the whole world. And, and you know, be a bridge builder and and uh, and so on. So, so yeah, that's so. beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Shifra, <laughs> and and welcome, Catherine. We'll have some time again to share at the end of our our session. Thank you so much. Um, let's go on to our Hawaiian word of the week. So keep your thoughts in your journal with you. Um, we are again learning the, just the first line of the doxology in Hawaiian. And this is a very sacred song in both the African-American tradition and in Hawaiian culture. So we're learning to sing it. Now here's a video of Pastor David. He's going to sing the whole song for us just to hear it, even though we're only going to learn the first line today. Okay, so that was the doxology in Hawaiian. Obviously in Hawaii, that was taught to us by our oppressors and colonizers. 
and we appropriated it. Now we sing it back like a chant to call in our ancestors to disrupt the status quo. That's the Hawaiian way. So we're going to learn it word by word, just the first line today. So the first word is ho'onani, which means praise. Ho'o means to bring to you, and nani means pretty. So say that with me. Ho'onani. Great. Ho'onani. Ho'onani. Good. And now just to sort of remember in your body, we learn the sign language. So it's like you point to your chin and you clap twice. Right. Ho'onani. Ho'onani. That's great. Okay, so now we're going to learn ika, which means in the. So it's, you make two little circles, and you put one inside the cup. You make a little cup, and you go ika. Ika. Okay, great. And then makua is parent. So ma-ku-a. Ma-ku-a. And so what you do is you take your, you go like this, and you go ma-ku-a. Ma-ku-a. Good. Ma-ku-a. And then <clears throat> mao means over and over again. So mao, over and over again, mao. Over and over again, you kind of just brush your hand. Mao, over and over again. So now, so let, let's try all four together, just the sign language right now. So we'll go um, ho'onani, remember, ika, makua, mao. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. So let's do it one more time. Ho'onani, ika, maku'ano, like that. Okay, so now we're just going to try to sing that first line. <laughs> let's see if we can do it. We're, we're just going to try to sing this with Pastor David. Let's see if it works. There it is. It's very beautiful. Good practice. Don't worry, we'll keep practicing. <laughs> so let's move on to our, our Sunday sermon. God says to me, I have a book of you. And I ask God, what do you mean? And God shows me a vision of himself in my mind. He opens his pockets, and he has a bunch of little books in there. But he also has really big pockets. So he says, like, you know, I have a book for each for each person. And I'm like, wait, what do you got in there? And, I mean, I think Sophia carries a lot of stuff with her wherever she goes. But God, he has all these little books in his pockets. And I was looking in his pocket, and one had like a yarn cover. And I'm like, did you crochet the cover of that book? And then he showed me mine. It was a, it, it had like a vegan leather cover. And there was another one that was like hand woven with this little, like little ribbons. And I was like, it was very interesting. And he was showing me his pockets. And I'm, and I'm like, you, you, have, a, you have one for each, each person in the, in the world? And he says, oh, only the ones that pray. And he looked at me. And it's really hard sometimes when, when God looks at me. He communicates with his eyes. And I cannot even see his eyes to me when God shows up. He's just a body of light with no face. But I can feel him looking at me. And it hurts every time. It feels like someone's filling you up with love, and that love is so real that it hurts. It's kind of like if someone just sort of handed you a baby panda bear. It's just complete emotional overwhelm. So I ask him about Dodie's breast cancer, and he says, oh, I got her book right here. And it was a book with all her prayers, 
all the way from when she was a little kid up till now. And I'm like, who wrote who wrote this book, you or her? And he's well, kind of both. Like at first they're written in her voice. So when they show up in my prayer book, I see her handwriting and I get a notification every time she enters a new prayer in our book. And I asked, well, when you say our book, do you mean, and he said, hers and mine, it's ours. And I'm like, what notification? And he says, I'll feel it in my heart. And then he shows me. And I'm at Target. And in front of me are those, you know, those disposable aluminum pans that you take to picnics. And all of a sudden, I'm hit, kind of like you can get just, you can just be hit, like hit by a baseball hit. And I had this memory of my friend Alex baking a cake in one of those pans and bringing it to my house on his birthday. And my knees buckled and I felt this tear in my heart. And I said, that aluminum pan is breaking my heart. And God says, yeah, that's a notification. So he continues, every time I get a notification, I check the prayer book and there it is written in her handwriting, her prayer. And he says, some of her prayers bleed or have tears. And I say, well, is that the ink? Because I was wondering what color ink it is. Because if it was Samantha, I know she'd write it in purple. But me, I personally, I use crayons. And God says, they're usually written in tears, like a crystal, translucent ink. And then I rewrite her prayers in my own handwriting and in my own voice. And I say, um, you don't delegate that to the prayer angels? And he said... Do you delegate kissing your koala bear to prayer angels? Some things you do yourself, even when you're God, because you're God. I'm like, okay. And he says, look here. So she writes in her own tears, I'm scared I have this cancer diagnosis. So when I rewrite her prayer in my own handwriting, I write, Dear God, thank you for the gift of fear. For the first time, I am counting every day. I never counted the days before. Now I realize that every day of my life counts. So I'm like, so you don't, you don't actually cure her of the cancer. You, you just make it a gift. And God is like, she will cure her own cancer. I inspire her with the love that she needs to heal it. And I'm like, oh, okay. okay, then what? And then God says, then I send both of our versions of her prayer to the angels and they take it from there. And I'm like, okay, so you're like the processing center. You're like, 1-800-PRAYER-LINE, this is God. Then you do the paperwork. You've done the paperwork, you send it to the angel department, and then it's kind of like an angelic work order. And God's like, yes. So by the time I process her prayer, the angels have instructions on how to guide every situation in her life to help her let her fear teach her that every day of her life counts. It always counted. It still counts, even when she doubts. So I say, so if you had re rewritten her prayer as her prayer teaching her how to make a billion dollars selling cat beanies, and God is like, yeah, then the angels would receive the work order. They would have the instructions on how to guide every situation in her life to teach her how to make a billion dollars selling cat beanies. But that's not the prayer that I wrote. And I'm like, yeah, 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 but you could have. And I'm sure you wrote the billion dollar prayer for Facebook, for Twitter, for Tesla. You could totally do that. You just think love is more valuable than a billion dollars. And I give God that look, you know, like, you know what you should be writing in my prayer book. Think about it. <clears throat> so right now you're going to write in your prayer book. And the very first step is... You're just going to write your prayer. You can, you can, it can be anything. It can be, hey, I got a problem. Help me out. Or you can say, I have this problem. I feel that. Just go ahead and write your prayer in your prayer journal. 
Okay, did you all, are you all kind of finished with that? Okay, so then the next step is you're going to rewrite the prayer from God's perspective. He usually starts with thanking you for having this desire because of how this desire is benefiting your life. And there's a benefit to you wanting this thing that you want. Is it difficult? Does anyone need help? Well, I'm not sure I'm doing this right, but it was something like I have an illness, mainly with belly and throughout body, also resentment and fear, and I want to heal uh, completely. And I feel scared, lonely, lost, down, and angry. Beautiful. What would God write to you? Well, I don't know if this is what I believe God would write to me. This is what your perspective is. I'm not sure that I would do it this way, but I'm I'm okay. following your perspective. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure that I see it this way, but thank you for the fear, resentment, loneliness, down feeling, anger, and sickness. My, I, I don't know what to do with the rest of this. So I, I let's share. Let's share what we heard. Maybe everyone else on this call can help you. What I heard when I heard your prayer was thank you. Now you know how the planet Earth feels. Now let's 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 have other people say what they heard when you shared your prayer. Okay. Because for me, there was a power in your pain, though the power was compassion. Uh-huh. Because I, the earth... I don't want to be sick all the time because the earth is sick. I just, that isn't how I want to live my life, that every right. time there's a horrible thing happening on the planet, my response is to become ill. I'm not, I'm not, that doesn't feel like the way I want to be in my life. You know, mm-hmm. I, so, I mean, you can get sick every single time you get sick from the racism, the sexism, the homophobia. So you're laid up in bed. I mean, so I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not wanting to continue this pattern of getting sick because the earth is sick and that's my contribution. Like, I'm not, mm. I don't like that. That doesn't feel good to me. Good. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, no, it's I wonderful mean, that you're honest. I feel like I've been doing that my whole life. You know, mm. like when I'm down, I don't need the person next to me to fall apart and get sick. I'd rather they help me and are strong, you know, rather than, they're going to get sick next to me. Like, well, thanks. That's, that's really helpful. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not feeling this. I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, I can see that what I get out of it is that, you know, like it's not really a lot of fun to be angry and resentful all the time. And so, you know, maybe when it was at lower levels, it was okay, but it's not okay anymore because it's eating me up alive. You know, I can't, uh, I, I can't just go on living with this level of resentment and anger and fear and bitterness. It's just, it's not a good way to live. You know, I don't want to live this way. You know, I mean, when I was really sick, um, I was just like, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. And I'm ter- always been terrified of dying. And it just occurred to me that, well, the worst thing wouldn't be to die. The worst thing would be to die and feel alone and afraid and resentful and full of bitterness. Like that would be much worse. Because if you could die and you were at peace and you had some sense of love, great. But if you're just to continue and be bitter and angry and down, like that seemed like a much worse fate to me. Good, good. Wonderful. 
Does anyone else have anything to share? Um, you know, Thomas. Me. Oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead, Samantha, and then Thomas. Okay. Um, thanks for being so honest, number one. And I was sick for a long time. And I was sick. Uh, and I believed that I didn't make the mark, that I missed the mark that God had sent uh, and that I had committed to. And I no longer, no longer, I no longer wanted to live. And I had behaviors, thought behaviors that were stuck. So I had to start when I realized that I really didn't want to die. I wanted to come home to my heart. And so every time I started to think of that old pattern, I would say, that's not me. That's not what I really want. I don't want to experience that. And I changed that wording to what I wanted slowly, year after year, made a big change. I'm almost 80 now, and I feel like I'm on the second more powerful part of my life. So I hope that little bit of information helps you. Now, regarding what I experienced, I want to allow more of who I really am when I leave this body to participate and allow, I want my personality to allow that. What came in was a powerful remark and it was whom all things are given. And that was the wording. And then I felt the hands of God on my cheeks. And then I lost it. That's why I had to kind of leave there for a few minutes. Okay. Thanks, Sam. Tom? Yeah. Um, I guess what I heard was, it's like God's reply was, thank you for showing me what you don't want. So that you can get clear about what you really do want. Um, and also from my own personal experience when I was going through um, facing actually another open heart surgery years ago and I got to a point and I said I'm not afraid of I'm not afraid of dying and immediately it was like God spoke to me and said are you afraid of living that really like wow Thank you, Thomas. Does anyone else have anything to share? I'll say one thing is a lot of times, or what I understand is in the Native American tradition, people would go to, um, they would go away from the tribe, you know. If they were sick, they would go away from the tribe and they'd go to the sweat lodge. And in the sweat lodge, you know, there was sacred ceremony to, for healing. And um, I think in the culture, if you're surrounded by a lot of negative um, uh, energy and you're just really picking it up, it's time to step away from the culture and kind of isolate yourself and, you know, find that reconnect with spirit and uh, with, with also with people who can help you reconnect with spirit. It's beautiful. Sophia? Um. Oh, my prayer is to help me to have the discipline and order for the highest good of all, for work, love, joy, with trust that I'm being guided. And God's rewrite was, thank you for the vision you have for your life. You are so powerful, and we're going to get that power all hooked up for the highest good of all involved. Um, so the way I heard your kind of formula, Vicki, it's not just, I don't think, um, like a reframe of, okay, this horrible, painful thing is happening and God's just going to make you feel thankful for it. Um, that could be how it is. Um, but it's like, and I know Shifra and I have been watching Thich Nhat Hanh videos, and it's like the, 
there's a, there's, I don't know if it's a Buddhist practice, but a practice that Thai teaches of like deep listening where um, you intentionally just sit and listen to someone with compassion. And you might hear something that they say that's like wrong and that's incorrect. And that it's a, that you hear the thing where you're like, oh, that's what's making you so unhappy because you have this wrong idea. But the, in the moment, you're not going to tell that to someone. You're just going to let them say all of their things. And then later on, give that reframe of, okay, this is something helpful. So that's what I picture like God's doing in the rewriting of the prayer is not coming back with a, well, you should be thankful for the thing that's making you unhappy necessarily. But like, maybe it takes a moment to really let God like give that abundant compassion for our prayer and then rewrite it. I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying, but like my rewrite, it wasn't so different than what I said, but it was just like maybe a little different. I love it. I love the complexity of your thoughts. Um, Thank you everyone for sharing. And we're going to circle back around to this just in a, in a couple minutes, but thank you so much. And thank you Shifra for sharing. It was absolutely perfect. So let me show you an example of what I wrote because I also hit some troubles just like Schiffer did. I wrote, give me a million dollars all at once, not in small chunks, like over a 70 year period. And God rewrites my prayer as, thank you for my iron ambition and drive. I feel the fire in my body, the lust for wealth will keep me young looking as I age. I want the cash and God thanks the universe for my desire for cash because that desire is benefiting me with a youthful appearance, but I still want the cash. So I'm, I, I'm gonna try it again. So I try it again and I rewrite the prayer. And um, I say, regardless of my looks, give me a million dollars all at once this year tax-free. Thanks. And then God rewrites it as, thank you for making me worth a million dollars in the eyes of a book publisher. With this confidence, I can bravely spend money on making myself look like a top-notch candidate who's worth their investment. And I still don't get the cash. So... God is still focused on what the desire for cash is giving me, which is confidence. And I realized something that this is just going to go on and on, almost like shifras in my prayer book. It's going to circle back around until I make money something positive and not a negative. And in my prayers, money is always something I don't have that I want. And God keeps changing it in my prayer book. So that no matter how negative I state it, he, he kind of twists it into a positive. And the only way to reverse engineer my prayer is for me to see money as something that I already have. And so I switched it again. And um, I said, I changed it to, thank you for the $13 donation I got last week. What should I do with it? And God rewrites my prayer show me the self-love I need to grow it into $13 million. So every prayer shows God that this is what I got. And God always responds, this is enough. You are enough. And he's always happy about what you got. If you say I got cancer and I got fear, God is like, that's the ticket to knowing the actual and real value of your life. So if you say, I got a lampshade and some junk in my yard, I wanna be a fashion model. Then God's like, you got the lampshade, you got you, you, got, you can be a fashion model. So there's this guy in Fiji who wears the junk that he has in his yard as though he were wearing like high fashion because God told him it's enough so he's enough so he doesn't have an expensive evening gown he has uh, 17 million TikTok likes 
<laughs> and in other words, he's he's for sure he's praying for a, a dress, but God rewrites his prayer and turns it into 17 million people who love him more than they love whatever he's wearing. <laughs> So God goes in and out of being the creator of all to being you. When my father was sick with cancer, he was vomiting. And I put my palm up to the sky and I called God. And in that moment that I prayed, I saw God. I saw him surrendering his life, his ability to live. I saw him surrendering it. God had his arms wrapped around my father's waist and they were both on the bathroom floor of the hospital. When my father retched forward, God vomited into the toilet and I knew that God was nauseous from the chemo. And in my anger, I heard a voice in my head ask, why don't you save him rather than be him? I watched God sharing in my father's experience. I witnessed the choice that God sometimes makes to not be separate from you in your moment of pain. I knew in that moment, I knew that when you are in your greatest pain, God cannot stand to separate from you. There's a need. It's an innate primal need. It's a human need. It's the need a father has for his baby. A need to know what your child goes through. It's a relief to know. It was a relief for God to have this sweat and this saliva in his hair to be suffering alongside his son. Because God knew that if he could do it, his son could also do it. That this thing here, now that I'm doing it, I know it's doable. We can do this. I'm doing it with you. And moment by moment, he was walking my father through this valley. And I argued, you are God. Wave your magic wand and end this suffering. And God said, I cannot. He is my son. This is his life. Every moment, irrespective of suffering, every moment of his life has value. Have you ever heard of um, Viktor Frankl? He is the author of Man's Search for Meaning. He was a Jew during World War II. He had a prestigious offer from a university in America to be a professor, but his parents were condemned to go to the Nazi concentration camps. He could have gone to America and from that position of privilege, power, and wealth, do something to help his parents escape their prison, but he couldn't leave them. He stayed knowing that if they went to the death camp, he wanted to go with them. And then they died, and his wife also died. He survived and wrote this book that surpassed anything he could have ever written had he taken that professorship in America. Had his father died alone at the death camp, the meaning of his father's life would have been that of the six-plus million Jews who were murdered. But because Victor was with his father in the death camp, even though it was just a short while before his father was executed, the meaning of his father's life became Victor's logotherapy, an approach in therapy that sheds light into the places of darkness that no one dares to go voluntarily, except the son who loves him. If you only live but a short while before you suffer and die, God chooses to suffer and die with you, if only to redeem the story of your life and for the world to read and honor in their memory of you. 
God does things in memory of you. God lives to honor your life. And God chooses to suffer when you suffer to honor your life. God could choose to be a powerful and privileged perfect angel, but he chooses to be a powerless, dying, emaciated prisoner because your life is an honor. God is honored to bring honor to your life. And even in your suffering, you bring this honor to God. Do you have any comments or feedback right now? Um, you know, I have to be really honest. Love what you're saying. It's really, really hard to hear this, and I'm not sure it's the way I see things. Um, I, I, I admire the fact that, you know, he went and was with his dad. I think um, I don't want to be so attached to suffering. I, I, I'm concerned about it. I'm concerned about people being too attached to pain and suffering. I'm concerned about it. It, it concerns me. It's, it's beautiful what you're sharing, but I wonder if the fact that such a symbol of our culture is a man on the cross suffering, I wonder if that's really the best image for our society and our world. I wonder if we're not causing ourselves um, too much suffering. That's what I wonder. I, 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 I say that with all, you know, with all, I, I've done an awful lot of suffering and I think in a lot of ways I've suffered too much and a lot of it I didn't need to suffer. I don't know if what we're called upon is to, is to suffer, suffer, suffer. I, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure about that. Um, I don't know. I'm just very, I'm very confused by it. Um, maybe that's why I'm, I don't know. I, I'm attracted to Jesus, but the suffering peace, not so much. I, I'm not so sure about it. And I'm not sure that what I'm looking for is someone who will suffer, suffer, suffer along with me but maybe someone who will help me to rise from my suffering. Yes. You know, someone who will not just have compassion on the people who are dying, but who will do something to free them so they don't have to suffer so much. You know, the people who, I don't know, whatever it is, if it's factory animals or, you know, if you can do something like to take in a refugee or, you know, or I don't know, somehow stand up for the people that are, you know, like the immigrants that are in cages and, and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if what they need is, I didn't need people in my family to suffer so much. I needed them to do something to stop what was happening. I didn't need them to be suffering. They were all suffering very well. They did a great job of suffering, but they didn't do much to actually end the suffering. That was what was so painful to me. It's like, you don't have to suffer and be miserable for me. You know, do something to stand up to this person who's out of control and acting crazy. That's what I needed. Like, I don't need all these people around me suffering, getting sick. I need them to do something to stop this insanity, like a therapist who told me I didn't have to go lay down with my uncle. I never knew that. That's what she did. I didn't need her to cry and moan and scream and fall apart and, you know, I don't know, have a heart attack or something to suffer along with me. I needed her to do something to stop the suffering. That's all. I mean, that's my perspective. I don't know. I mean, I admire the fact that he went back and was with his father. I, I didn't go see my father when he died. I decided, no, I'm not going with him. You know, I said, no, I'm not going. You want you want me to come along with you? I'm not I'm not leaving the planet. Sorry, uh, uh you've taken enough. You know, I'm gonna let you. You know, I mean, I I chose to live. You know, I gave enough to my father, but he had a different relationship with his father. So anyway, I'm sorry. I, I I'm no no no. That's too much, beautiful, but. and I love how 
the purpose of your suffering led to your this this desire for justice and to change it. I love that you found the right. purpose of that towards justice. And, right. And that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I, I loved it. Let's go ahead and go into our closing prayer. And go ahead and close your eyes and breathe in and breathe out. And breathing in and breathing out. And knowing that everything that we heard today in our Sunday service is for good. And it's the complexity of our intelligence and our love and our thought and our consciousness that helps us work through these layers of our suffering so that it turns into justice and joy and positive change in the world. And that everything that we've been given has been given us for us to turn it into what is good and what we want to experience in the world. See your family members that you invited to the Sunday service around you and the angels and Father and Mother God and see them blessing everything that's stirred up inside of you so that we all heal and receive this emerald green healing light into your body right now that everything that you've experienced is for our collective healing. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. And because we're just a little bit over time, we're going to go ahead and end now. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great week. Bye, everybody. Have a great week, too. Hi, everyone. Have a great week. Awesome. I love you all. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Um, Be well. Love to everyone. And I, I, um, I hope that my anger didn't hurt anybody. I'm just... Uh, I, I'm just... I send love to everybody. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Sephora, thank you for attending. Um, I like your heart and gut, so I pray for you. I think everybody understand um, how you're going through the, all the, you know, uh, suffering. And then we really pray for your health and stuff. You. And you have the gut, so that's great. So um, thank you, everybody. Thank you to everybody, and I'll hold everybody here in prayer. Thank you, everyone. Awesome. Okay, I'll see you all.